Hey there, I'm Melanie Reed, and this is the HR Mentor. I'm coming to you today from the unceded traditional territories of the Tecumseh to Shaquemic people, and I want to express my deep gratitude that I'm able to live, work, and play on these beautiful lands. Today we're diving into what I believe is an often overlooked part of your job search, identifying your ideal work environment. Let me guess, this was not something you even contemplated when you were looking for your first HR job, or maybe even your second. Now you might wonder, why does it matter? A job is a job, right? Well, not quite. Let's say you're a free-spirited, innovative thinker and you land a job in a highly structured, rigid work environment. You might feel like a fish out of water or a bird without a tree. I can hear the birds singing right now, so just go with the analogy. The result of this disconnect is likely going to be reduced job satisfaction, lower productivity, and probably a pretty swift exit. Not a great start to your HR career, is it? I know when you're looking for work, you are busy considering whether or not you have what the employer wants, especially early on in your career. But if you're going to be successful, it's also important to consider what works for you. Now, in my last episode, episode 74, I talked about negotiating your job offer and the importance of that, which is all about knowing what you need and want. Your work environment is all part of that package. So in this episode, I'm going to talk about why knowing your ideal work environment is important, even early on in your career. And I'm also going to explain what a few of those elements are that you should consider. As the Rolling Stones say, you can't always get what you want. But as Melanie Reed says, if you don't know what you want, it's impossible to get it. This is actually the first time I've ever said that, but I feel like this could catch on. So let's get started. Welcome to the HR Mentor Podcast, the podcast for emerging HR practitioners to get practical advice, tools, and strategies to build credibility, confidence, and ultimately a fulfilling HR career. Okay, let's begin by talking about why it's important to know what your ideal work environment is when you're considering a new role. I believe there are three key reasons. The first reason is that your work environment significantly impacts your job satisfaction and career growth. If you feel comfortable at work, your job satisfaction will be heightened and that's going to help you stand out and increase your opportunities for career growth and positive feedback. Number two, working in an environment that matches our preferences increases the likelihood that we will be happy, productive, and successful in our roles. When you aren't distracted by dissatisfying elements of your work environment, you can focus on your work, and that's going to make you more productive and more successful. For example, if your workplace requires a two-hour commute and you're exhausted and frustrated by the time you arrive, chances are you aren't going to skip into your day and be able to start contributing right away. 
Or if you were given no training on how to do your job and you're isolated and alone in an office and that's not ideal for you, you will spend most of your time ruminating and worrying about what you're doing rather than doing what you were hired to do. The third reason is that identifying your ideal work environment helps you narrow your job search, and this makes it easier to promote yourself to potential employers. Knowing your ideal work environment gives you even more information about which employers you should apply to and pursue. If working from home has to be an option for you and an employer is advertising a role that says clearly that all the work must be done in the office, you should probably pass on spending any time applying for that job. Now you might think, okay, maybe you can negotiate this once you get hired. But honestly, if they've said it that clearly, this is kind of like deciding you want to marry your partner with the hope that once you're married, you'll be able to change them. Both of those are a recipe for a lot of banging your head on the wall in frustration. So if you know what is really important to you in a work environment, it will help you make better decisions on which job opportunities to pursue. Of course, some aspects of environment will be negotiable for you, meaning they don't have to be perfect. If you're okay with them, then you'll think that it's worth applying for that particular job. They're not going to be major defining elements. But other things will be super important to you. And so I think it's good to take that time up front to understand what are your deal breakers and which elements of work environment are not going to be particularly important to you. Now, if we're clear on why this is important, I want to talk about some of the elements of work environment that you might want to consider when you are evaluating which jobs to apply for. If you are currently looking for a new role or your first HR role, I really encourage you to grab a pen and paper and make a list of all these elements. Then consider whether or not this particular element or any of the elements are very important to you, or if they are something that you can be flexible on. And just make a note of that. If you have any specific requirements for any of these elements, it's also good to make notes about that or list those so that when you're considering applying for jobs, you can go back and say, okay, this is what I was really hoping for in this particular element. So you can use these details that you learn about yourself to help you narrow down which roles to apply for. Or in some cases, and I'll mention this, areas you want to ask more questions about when you do get an opportunity to meet a potential employer, say in an interview setting. All right, so let's talk about these. The first element of work environment that we'll explore is the physical environment. And this is probably what jumps into your mind when I talk about work environment anyway. Picture your perfect workspace. Are you basking in natural light or are you more of a mood lighting kind of connoisseur? Do you enjoy the hubbub of an open office layout or do you crave the solitude of a cubicle? Your physical comfort can significantly influence your work experience. 
So I want you to take a few moments and imagine your ideal physical work environment. And then ask yourself, how important is this to me? You might envision yourself in a corner office with a view of the city. But realistically, at this stage of your career, you would be happy with your own cubicle and somewhere you can put your favorite plant and a picture of your pet. For some people, having a very quiet place to work is critical, whereas other people are quite comfortable throwing in their headphones and working in the middle of a bunch of activity. And maybe you like being in the fray of the conversation, so an open workspace suits you just fine. Whatever it is for you, I want you to take a moment and just make a few notes about that. The second element is geography. This might sound a bit funny, but where you are willing to work or go is very important. Depending on where you're at in life and in your career, you may be willing to move for a great job. And you may even be hoping to move away from the city or place you finished school in or wherever you grew up or just maybe where you're living right now. Knowing where you're willing to work is very important. Do you really want to experience a big city or perhaps small town life is what you've always dreamed of? Different locations offer different types of opportunities and they have different costs of living. It's best to consider what's important to you before you start applying. Yes, bigger centers have more job and living opportunities and options, but they also have more competition and sometimes higher costs. If you choose a bigger city, you also need to consider whether or not you're willing to commute. Let's say you think Vancouver or Toronto would be perfect places for you or would be great locations. And you have a family that you can stay with in the short term, maybe an aunt or uncle or some cousins that live in that city. That's perfect. Now you need to consider which areas of these big cities you could commute to from your cousin or aunt and uncle's apartment. How long will that take? Or if you have to drive, how much will parking cost you? Having a long commute might not be a big deal to you, but it might significantly affect your quality of life. And if you have a family, it might not be feasible for you. So moving to a bigger city with more options and a commute might not be the right fit for you. Again, whatever is important to you is what you need to consider. I've lived in small towns and big cities and medium-sized cities, and they all have their pros and cons. So you have to look at where you are in your life and what is going to be important and feasible for you. I've also interviewed a few former students who have made different choices about big city versus small town. So I'll put links in the show notes to those episodes and it might be helpful for you to listen to what those experiences have been like for them so that you have some other things that you can think about or consider. Now, another element with work environment to consider is the organizational culture. Here, I want you to think a little bit about your values. 
Suppose you're all about innovation and free thinking, but you join a company where hierarchy dictates how everything gets done. You'd really feel like you're swimming against the tide if you worked there. Your beliefs and the company's culture really should be in sync for you to flourish. Now, this element might be difficult to uncover until you have an interview, but if this is really important to you, I encourage you to bring some questions about culture to your job interview so that you can find out if it will truly be a fit for you. Keep in mind, if you're early in your career and learning a new role, you could probably expect to have a bit more oversight or checks and balances in place. And maybe that's not the prevailing culture in the organization, but that's part of the development path. So ask lots of questions about that if that's something that's important to you. Or maybe you're like me and one of your values is connection, but your role doesn't allow you to connect and work with others. This might be a non-starter for you. So tap into what's important to you from a values perspective and how this organization's culture might fit in with that or wrap up against it. Again, this might not be a deal breaker for you. Maybe you feel like experiencing a different type of culture would be good for you. And sometimes it really is, especially if you're early in your career. I can't tell you how important culture is to you. Only you can answer that for yourself. So if this one's really important, then spend a little bit more time thinking about how your values connect with this particular organization. And if it's not, I still want you to think about it, but it might not be your first consideration. Next up is a big one, work-life balance. Imagine if you're a night owl in an organization that insists you clock in right at 8 a.m. Or if you have family commitments, but your job expects you to have 24-7 availability. Not exactly ideal, right? So finding a company that respects your personal life is typically essential for long-term job satisfaction. Now, maybe you're at the stage in your career where you're less concerned about balance and you want to just throw yourself into your work, learning as much as you can and contributing as much as you can. I know that over the course of my career, I have had lots of ups and downs with my view on work-life balance. When my kids were really little and I was juggling early bedtimes and daycare and activities, this was way more important to me. But now that they're independent and need me much less, even though they're still living at home, I'm totally okay with attending evening events or working on weekends to meet deadlines or even traveling to other countries for work. And I'm able to do that because of the stage that my family's at. I also love what I do. So I have found that the boundaries between work and life have become a bit blurry for me, but I'm okay with it. This is not a deal breaker. Only you can say how important that this is for you at your stage of career and life. The fifth element is job design. Do you enjoy a lot of variety in your tasks or do you prefer having a routine and defined start and end date? Would you prefer to have clearly defined duties or are you the kind of person who's eager to wear many hats? Understanding what kind of work you enjoy 
can save you from a job that's either too monotonous or way too chaotic for your liking. Maybe right now you're okay with clearly defined duties as you learn, but eventually you would like more variety. Again, if this is the case, it's a great idea to bring questions to the interview about the type of work you would be doing and how that might change over time. Keeping in mind that if the role is fairly new, the employer might not know yet. Again, it depends how important this is for you. The job description can also give you some hints on this before you even apply. If there's only a couple of duties in the job description and you're looking for more variety and you know that this is going to be frustrating, you may want to pass on this one. Or again, go through the process, go to the interview, and then ask. Okay, now let's discuss relationships. I think this is a really important element for a lot of people. If you're pursuing HR as a career, chances are one of your reasons is because you like working with people. At least that's what I hear most students saying. So I know for me, this is a really important one, and it might be for you. When you're considering relationships as a work environment element, I want you to think about your dream boss or your ideal coworkers. Let yourself just sort of imagine that for a little bit. Would you thrive in a buddy-like relationship where you and your coworkers hang out after work or do fun things together? Or do you prefer keeping really firm professional boundaries? There's no right or wrong answer. Harmony in your work relationships can make a world of difference in your job experience. I think it's also important to consider whether or not you prefer working in a team or more independently. Building relationships and working in a team was always important to me, and it still is. I work very independently in my teaching role, but I love collaborating with colleagues on research and case writing and on committees. I just find more ideas produce better results, and I get to learn more in the process. But that not, might not be for everyone. It might not be for you. Only you know how important building relationships at work is and how, what type of relationships you want to have at work and with your coworkers. So give this some thought. A good way to approach this is to think about other places you've worked in the relationships you've had. Did you find them satisfying or frustrating? and then look at how they kind of evolved. If you were frustrated that nobody was friendly with each other at work and no one ever wanted to hang out afterwards, then maybe that's really important to you. Maybe you wanna give your all to work, but you also wanna have a social element to it. That's okay, that's what's important to you. So just make sure you make note of that before you consider saying yes to an organization so that you know you're going to be happy, satisfied, and fulfilled. Now let's move on to our seventh element, which is recognition and rewards. How you are motivated is really important when you're deciding on a role or a workplace. Are you motivated by public recognition or do you prefer a quiet pat on the back? Do you value monetary rewards or cherish opportunities for learning and growth? 
you should make sure your reward preferences are aligned with the company's policies for how they recognize and reward people. This is also a good time to assess whether or not the salary and benefits are going to be sufficient to support you. You may be willing to accept a lower starting rate of pay in exchange for a bump to your salary once you've proven yourself, or if development opportunities are going to help you move on to more advanced roles in the near future. Or perhaps you have a family and there is a threshold that would put you in a difficult financial situation if it wasn't met. All of this needs to be considered before you say yes to a new role. I would never want someone to accept a role that didn't offer them enough pay that they could support themselves because that's just going to make things even more stressful for you and you won't be able to perform and do your best. All of this needs to be considered before you say yes. It's also good to understand how performance is recognized. This may not be as important to you right now, but knowing how your performance will be assessed and recognized or rewarded could be a big part of your decision. Is there an opportunity to go up in pay or receive a bonus or some other form of recognition if you perform better? Maybe this is critical to you, or perhaps just having the security of a higher base pay is what you're looking for right now. Think about what matters most to you and what is necessary for you to be able to survive and ideally thrive. Another critical element for a lot of early career professionals is training and development opportunities. Are you the sort of person who's eager to learn and grow, or do you prefer mastering a specific skill set? If you're a lifelong learner like me, a company that offers regular training and learning opportunities would be an excellent fit for you. I think early on, most people want some sort of development opportunity, but this might not be the most important element for you. However, if it is, Check out the organization's website before you apply. And if you can't find anything about development or growth opportunities and you get to the interview stage, be sure to ask about ongoing development opportunities. I think it's also important to know that you're going to receive some sort of training when you start. If you're a new HR professional, maybe this is your first HR job and you're entering a new workplace, having some sort of training is going to be really important to your success. So make sure that you understand what that looks like before you say yes to the job. Our ninth element is diversity, equity, and inclusion. Companies that value diversity and inclusion tend to have practices, policies, and systems that ensure that you feel respected and valued, and that contributes to job satisfaction. They may also prioritize development opportunities for individuals and groups who previously haven't been offered the same opportunities. One way to see if the organization values EDI is to do some digging on their website check their social media pages, and see if they have individuals serving in EDI roles or that they represent diversity. You may also want to check out LinkedIn and see who's working for the organization. Do you see diverse employees? 
Now, this isn't always the best indicator because you're making judgments based on limited information and not every employee will have a LinkedIn page, but this could provide you with some clues. It's also good to see who's on the leadership team and what they talk about on social media. An organization might be early in its journey to improve their EDI, so don't be too quick to judge, but it is important to do some research to know if you will fit in and be supported. The last thing you want to do is go to work and then have to spend your time minimizing who you are. That is a surefire recipe for pain and frustration, and you probably won't stay. So definitely consider that and, again, consider how important this is to you. And this leads us nicely to our final element. In a sense, this one encompasses a number of the other elements, but I think it's important to think of it separately. This is the mission, vision, and values of the organization. If you're going to get up and go to work each day to give it your all, I think it's essential that there's some alignment, or at the very least, not a strong misalignment between what the purpose of the organization is and how they accomplish that purpose. For example, if your values or culture have led you to a vegan diet, it's probably not going to be a great fit for you to work for a meat processing company or a cattle farming company. You might be able to work there for a short period of time, but over time, this disconnect between who you are and what you believe and what the company values will create a lot of stress and discomfort for you. And you won't be happy, so you probably won't do your best work. So I think it's important to take some time to tap into what you value, and when you consider an organization to apply to, make sure you check out what they believe and value and what they actually produce or the service they provide. If this is strongly out of alignment with you and your values, I would suggest you may want to pass. Because honestly, no amount of money or development opportunities will ever be enough to stop you from being who you truly are. And you should never have to accept that. Okay, hopefully by making this list, you can see that understanding your ideal work environment goes beyond simply knowing whether you like sitting by a window or not. It's about identifying where you'll feel valued, productive, and truly satisfied. And more importantly, that you see some value in giving this some consideration before you start applying for new roles. Make sure you take time to understand what you need from your work environment and pursue employers that align with those needs and wants. Be really curious, ask questions during your interviews, and prioritize your comfort and happiness. After all, your job is not just a paycheck. This is where you're going to spend a significant portion of your life. So you deserve to feel good there. And your employer deserves an employee that can deliver their best. Now, if you're feeling good about the HR mentor, please leave a review and rating wherever you're listening to this episode. Of course, this helps more people find the podcast. And it also helps me know if this content is helping you in your career journey. I always love hearing your thoughts and perspectives. 
So please don't be shy. And feel free to share on social media and tag the HR mentor. You can do this on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, Twitter, and the new Threads app. I really hope you enjoyed this episode, that you found it helpful on your career journey. Till next time, take care and bye for now.